G'day and welcome to Brown and Hurley's Big Podcast. Join us as we travel through the history and the culture of this iconic Australian family company. You'll hear from Brown and Hurley people and the customers who are part of this journey. Let's hit the road. G'day, I'm Bruce Barnes, the dealer principal here at Brown and Hurley Yatla. Today I have the privilege of catching up with Michael Rao from Rao Logistics. Michael, welcome to the big podcast. Thank you very much. Michael, you've been in the industry a long time. Yeah. Uh, you've seen your trucks running up and down yeah. the highway. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved in well, the industry? Were you always in transport? No, 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 no. I, I grew up in an earth-moving um, business family in Tasmania as a little child. The biggest expenses that my father had in his earth-moving business was maintaining all of his earth-moving equipment and getting touched up by places where he would go and get his machinery fixed. And so that, and that would happen quite regularly. And so I decided if I'm going to get into the industry, I needed to know how all this stuff works and how to fix it and um, so as that we can't get touched up. Okay, so what you started out as as an agricultural mechanic or? No, no, I uh, went to um, university in Tasmania to become an engineer and then I decided that that wasn't for me. Yep. I, and then I did an apprenticeship with a Caterpillar dealer in Tasmania um, by the name of William Adams. Um, during the course of being an apprentice diesel fitter at William Adams, um, I specialised in hydraulic excavators because um, our business, um, my family business was predominantly Caterpillar um, hydraulic excavators and bulldozers. So excavators were only a new thing back in those days. Uh, so I learnt to um, be a mechanic on them. Yeah, okay. William Adams, yeah. they're the deal they're a nationwide cat dealer, aren't they? Correct. Yeah, yeah they've got they're yeah. one of the larger ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long were you with William Adams for? Five years. Five years. So you did your time with them? Yeah. And and a little bit extra yeah. as a tradesman yeah, and said so you picked up your I, skills? I became a a resident serviceman for William Adams on the um, east coast of Tasmania in my third year of my apprenticeship, so I only had two years in the workshop. Yeah, okay, and then out on the road, yeah? Right, all heavy earth-moving machinery. Then after that, what happened? I left uh, William Adams and um, came home to the family business and worked with my father for three years um, in the family business. Yeah. And then after um, that, I moved to Queensland. So when you moved to Queensland, did you get involved with transport then? or No, no. I um, started up an earth-moving machinery repair business and I had contracts with Borrell Australia um, looking after all of their quarries in southeast Queensland and Pioneer and BMG um, and ReadyMix um, looking after equipment for them. So I had quite a fleet of uh, mechanics working for me. We had a big workshop at Rocklea. And, um, what was the name of that workshop? Uh, Rail Diesel Services. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How long did that go for? Uh, it went from 1982 till 1994. Okay. And then I sold it to my leading hand. And is it still operating today under another yeah, name? Yeah, or? so same person. Um, so after you sold it, yeah. is that when you got into transport or nope. did you do something else again? No, I did. So, um, I had some earth moving machinery I used to um, hire out as a a dry hire arrangement to quarries. Um, That was probably the best business I've ever owned because you didn't have any labour, right? And all I had to do was uh, maintain the equipment at the quarries 
um, site. Um, I probably should have got a lot further into that. Um, yep. Looking back in hindsight, profitability and everything, it was a fantastic business. Yeah. As uh, said, you just had the had the equipment and dry hide it out to the... Yeah, well, the reason I got into it was because I for the likes of Borrell, I would have a big wheel loader in at my workshop repairing it. Well, they needed a wheel, light, wheel loader to replace the real load, wheel loader while I was overhauling it for them. And so I would hire them one. But what happened is I hired them and they kept it. So I needed to get more and then more and then more. And it grew and grew. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I did that for a bit. Um, I had a race car parts business. So I used to import um, parts from America for sprint cars. I used to race sprint cars all over Australia. So yeah. And, and, was, uh, and you're still into sprint cars yeah, today, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it's a bit of a passion. I've, I've seen a bit. Of, I've seen yeah. a couple. Of, I've seen your transporter. Yeah. Um, and I've seen. I've seen your cars. So yeah, yeah. you're still. Yeah, I've got a bit of a passion there. Quite fond of. Yeah. Getting of the close to the time where I've got to hang the boots up, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you see, so you're still racing today. Yeah, I'm racing still at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back onto the transport. When yeah. did you get started in transport? I had several businesses. My first dose of transport business I bought a, a business on the Gold Coast that delivered 80% of the alcohol on the Gold Coast and so I had 26 trucks that were delivering alcohol to everything from cafes to hotels to bottle shops and bottle shops only just came in when I was back doing it. Yeah so, so what, what, what year was that? 1998. Um, I turned that into a cooperative and sold it as individual licensed trucks. After I finished with that, that's when I bought my first interstate truck, of which I'm still doing now, and that was in 2006. And then that that interstate truck was a K104 uh, Kenworth with a Caterpillar in it, towing drop deck freighter trailers, doing the Hills contract to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, we started out doing that, and then um, we've grown from there. Was that in a, a single configuration or...? B double. I've only ever been B double. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, what do you? I don't do any single work. Why? Why B double? The driver's the biggest issue in the whole ring of the whole thing. So yeah. having as much done by one person, um, by the form of having a B double, yeah. um, you, you're carting more product down the road. And so I figured if I'm going to get into interstate freight, I'd do it like that. And Make then, it as efficient as possible. The other problem is with the single trailers, you tend to do a bit of a milk run the single trailer yep. and going to a lot of places to um, deliver whereas B-doubles are one pick up one drop predominantly yep. Yep. and you get a lot more efficiency out of the B-double yeah. Yeah. a lot yeah. more bang for buck and it's yeah. half I the headaches yeah. Yeah. that's my theory anyway yeah, I'll okay. stick to that one yeah no no it's, it said it works it, provided it works for you that's um, the main thing and we just do general freight the reason I chose general freight to go into is because of checking the industry out before I got into it yeah Insurance-wise, um, refrigeration trailers probably have the highest um, turnover of um, issues insurance-wise. Yeah. So I, my opinion of that is because of fatigue management. And I'm pretty very, very strong on how the drivers um, carry out their fatigue management. Um, I like drivers to be able to sleep when they're supposed to be sleeping um, of an evening and be at work when they're supposed to be working during the middle of the day. Yeah, okay. So since you started the business in 2006, you would have noticed a lot of changes. A lot. Has it gotten better? In 2006, when we first started out, getting back into it, I got into it for a little bit back in 2000. Um, That's when I started off um, with my first interstate truck. Then I got out of it and I went... Uh, renoing houses for three years um, I enjoyed that and then after the houses that's when we got into the truck thing 
properly. 2006 was when the highway between the Sydney and Brisbane first started getting upgraded. Um, there were fuel levies brought in by then. Back in 2000, when I first got into it, there were no such thing as fuel levies, so that was a bit of a pain. Right? But um, once there were fuel levies in in 2006, uh, when we got started in it again, it made it a lot more sense to get, get into it. With the levies in place, made the business more profitable, or you weren't working on such tighter margins? With it, when there weren't such a thing as a levy, when you went and did a job, if the fuel went up, you had to wear the um, extra burden of the fuel going up in price. Yep, okay. So, so your profitability, you go out the window and then you'd have to go and be looking for another job. So you were continually, uh, you find a really good job and then someone would steal it off you. Yeah, okay. Right. These days, you don't have quite that much problem as far as people knocking jobs off. So the levy so, certainly yeah. helped, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's good news. With your truck purchases, do you uh, remember the first new truck you ever purchased? Uh, you might want to know. That doesn't worry me. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't worry me. Uh, it was off um, Charles Bunker Smith in Melbourne. It was a Volvo. You've had a few Volvos in the time? You've had yeah. probably had a mixture of vehicles. Yeah, I've had a mixture. I've bought a, a lot of Volvos. Yep. Um, I've bought a lot of Western Stars, probably a, like a quite a pile of Western Stars. Yep. Western Stars, you can't carry tow 36 pallet trailers. Because uh, of the conventional? Yeah, the... very good product. I liked the truck. I really yep. did. I still like them today. Yep. We set ourselves up in business not far from this dealership at Brown & Hurley. Darren uh, was the um, service uh, manager here at the time. Darren would allow me to bring my Western Stars into a Kenworth dealer to get work done to them. Yeah, okay. And so I thought that was pretty damn neat, obviously working with a company that's prepared to work with me, right? So I felt obligated then to go and buy a Kenworth because he was being so nice to me, letting me bring my Western Stars in here to get them worked on. And I was very satisfied, satisfied with the work that was being done here at the dealership. Cole Jenkinson and I had known each other for a long time, and so I bought a truck off him which turned into four trucks in about two days right um, that was in 2011 i think i bought my first new kenworth what were they k200 um big caps that's what we see that's that, that, that's what i know your fleet as that i've seen you yeah. know i said you, everyone comes in you see them on the walls you see yeah. them running up and down the highways mm. you see these bright big red trucks with the flash tickles mm. they look neat they look tidy mm. they're always fairly clean and they said they're a good advertisement for your business. I agree with you 100% there, but um, having said that, we have a, a bigger portion of our business is stealth. Yeah. As in <laughs> white with no, no yep. stickers on them at yep. all. Yeah, no, as I said, that, that's just we what We tow trailers for other companies, yeah. so those particular trucks, I have them stealth. Yeah, a, a, lot of, lot of, lot of transport companies seem to do that in stealth, but when I, when I think of rail logistics, yeah. I think of that big red truck. Yeah. That I big would red prefer all of our trucks all um, painted up nice and leery like the SRV trucks are, but um, we model our business a little differently to what Errol does. Yep. Um, he does a great job at what he does, yeah. and um, I'm happy with what we do. So, yeah. and we get on well together, as um, which is fantastic as colleagues. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, all cool. good. I didn't realise you're such an entrepreneur. What would be one of the most memorable moments in the back, looking back in the transport industry that you've noticed, um, whether it be a positive or a negative? What What can you say that you've noticed that's memorable that sticks in your mind as one of your most successful achievements? Put it that way. It's been a slow progression. Um, I've changed the model of how we've structured our business from when we first started out. The structure to start with was 
I was replacing the fleet of trucks every three years. I was replacing the trailers every seven years. Now I've, I've replaced the trucks probably every seven years. Yep. Right. I, we, I get to the stage where we own the trucks, then we operate the trucks for... I put a brand new motor in the Kenworths at a million kilometres. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and then buy a, so we buy a crate motor, put that in there, then we'll operate the truck through until um, it's got probably one and three quarter million on it and it's still got another 500,000 kilometres of warranty yep. um, left on the motor and then we'll sell the truck then. Yeah, okay. So you, since you've started purchasing the Kenworths, it's allowed you to change your, your purchasing cycle? Yes. You'd say? Yeah. Because yeah. you can get that second life. Yeah, because, out of, of, the because of the arrangement with it, um, Kenworth have with Cummins. As I said, that must have been a pretty hard. Was it hard for you to change from Caterpillar when it was no longer available? Was it a bitter pill to swallow? Well, I, I'm a cat fitter. Yeah, I know. That's what right. I said when, with, yeah. with William Adams. And I, and I love Caterpillar Motors. Yeah. But I don't like Caterpillar, how they um, jumped out of the trucking industry. Um, and walked away when the new pollution law, laws and rules and everything came in. Caterpillar really didn't go with the time. Yep. And and then Caterpillar decided to build their own truck, of which I didn't really like. I was never going to have the support that um, a company such as Brown and Hurley um, gives you um, in looking after your fleet. And the fact that we're only like one kilometre away from probably the, one of the best Brown and Hurley dealerships there is, so. It's excellent. made it pretty easy for us. Ah, excellent. Thanks for saying that. Over the years, mm. as we spoke about it earlier, with the rules and the regulations, mm. have you had to come into any additional compliance, any additional costs on the business to, to change and evolve? It evolves all the time. Yep. It's, but in the last four years, it's evolved dramatically. Yep. I don't know why, but it's, it seems to me like it's a, a bit of a rort on how we pay money out to be able to um, carry heavier freight. So we have... Oh, you're talking like PBS, performance-based standards? Yeah, all or? these sort of products, right. Yep. Um, which, uh, to me, I think that they should be... Like a PBS should be on a trailer no matter what. Yeah. Right. Um, the other thing is we, we run IAP on um, nearly all of our fleet. Yeah. Right. That gives us um, an increased um, towing capacity. Michael, you just mentioned IAP. What does IAP stand for? Intellectual Access Program, and what that is, it allows us to carry extra tonnage um, on our trucks and be monitored. The trucks are tracked, and they have um, a screen in the truck of which we have to register every load we carry on the truck. Regulate knows what weight we are carrying, where we're carrying it, because there are certain roads that are only access applicable for carrying extra weight. It's a lot finer way of looking after the, I suppose, the roads that are out there um, with the permits to be able to be on the right roads as far as weight goes. Excellent. So anyway, let's, we, we operate uh, through a company in Melbourne yep. that um, allows us to put extra tonnage um, yep. on our trucks and then we, we are very compliant upon them. Yep. Then we have our trucks all under maintenance management, so um, we are ultra compliant which which i i really like it that way for the fact that uh, me being a mechanic and based around our equipment i'm able to keep a, a lot closer tap on how well our equipment is um, looked after maintained, maintained. Yeah. yeah that's all part parcel of that mass yeah. management isn't it? everything's yeah. traceable it's that's part of maintenance yeah um the maintenance module and then there's the mass module which is um, takes you up a little bit and then you can go to um, a higher mass, yep. mass module as well. Yeah, okay. And you're on all of them? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like, okay. yeah. Driving efficiencies back into the business at That's the end right. of the day. Yeah. Since you've been in transport, over the years, what has been your most positive asset? Has it been the vehicles? Has it been the trailers? Has it been your staff? Brown and Hurley. Brown and Hurley. <laughs> I'll flip you that that's 50 what, later what, on. Yeah, right. 50, you know, I think it'd be yeah. a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly can tell you, it has been fantastic having you guys just down the road from us and um, for the fact that how you, your company here, it's like an extension of our own workshop. Yep. This, what you give us, um, and it's probably the, it's a relationship that we've all built together with each other. Yep. So I, I definitely feel that I am treated as a different customer at Brown and Hurley. Not, I'm not just the um, average customer that walks in the door here. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Very nice to hear. As I said, Michael, we, we really do appreciate your, uh, your support yeah. and, your, and your business here. Yeah, and until we stop um, or get out of this business, um, as long as we're looked after nicely, yeah. um, we'll keep coming here. Yeah, as said, um, as, as said, it's great to have you as a customer and, and as a friend. As, at the end of the day, it um, thank you. It helps helps everyone. Uh, it makes the job more enjoyable. Everyone's job more enjoyable if you get on with yeah. the people that you. you well, have Brown and Hurley chose the right person giving you the job you've got. <laughs> <you> know, <anyway. laughs> nothing Stop against it. nothing against to... Paul. Right? <laughs> he, like Paul was absolutely fantastic. His job, and it's been a big step for you stepping up to doing Paul's job, I believe. Yeah, he's uh, a great mentor. Yeah, and um, and I'm sure having him not far away from you, you often pick his brain um, to do things. Um, I come down here and I get information um, that is not readily available um, to a lot of people. We have problems with trucks. Hine in your service department is just an absolute machine in helping me sort problems out. Um, the relationship we have with Cummins is a good relationship. Uh, we don't do, Brown and Hurley don't look after our motors. Cummins um, exclusively look after our motors. Yep. Um, the reason we do it like that is because of the warranty situation. To be able to get what I want out of warranty, I need to have a personal relationship with um, Cummins. Yep. Whereas to do it with Brown and Hurley, it, it's a little bit more red tape to go through. Yeah. So, which doesn't alter anything. We still Brown and Hurley still do um, a, a considerable amount of work, but when it gets to the heavy side of it, um, we get Cummins to do it. Yeah. Okay. I said at the end of the day, as long as I said we've got a good relationship, you're buying trucks off us, and we're getting some of the service work and helping out where we can, we're we're happy, mate. Well, the fact is, your product evolves really well. Yep. Like it didn't take long for you to come up with a flat floor in the Kenworth. <laughs> Not <laughs> right. detect a note of sarcasm there. <laughs> well, I think you talked about it for about ten years before it actually happened. Yeah. Right um, then. Western Star had an unbelievable cab on a truck with a wide cab. Kenworth had a, cab, a really narrow cab, which I've never, ever been a big fan of. I've only owned a few of them. Mm. Uh, but uh, if you're going to go away and live in a truck, I feel it needs to be a decent-sized cab for the driver to be able to have a um, his, do his fatigue properly in because, mm. like, I'm very focused upon fatigue. So when the 610... Kenworth came out, I was just so wrapped in you know, mm. like, um, So we own five of them now. Yep. Um, I even own a 54-inch um, one. 
which is exclusively not for work. Yeah, so that's gone from the 1.8 metre wide cab, the traditional yeah. cab, yeah. out to that 2.1 metre wide cab. Yeah, that's so right. So you said you've got five. 300, 300 mil wider. You can't reach the passenger window anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you've only got suntan on one side of your, on your right arm now. I'm not a truck driver, so... <laughs> I have driven the old truck in my day, yeah. but um, you said there's one that is not not for work. It's exclusive, and that's got the big sleeper on it. Yeah, six fifty four inch bunk. So who drives that one? Me. Yeah, you're the only one. That's for my towing my race car trailer. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there's there will be the occasional person at work that'll use it around town. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much going to be. Yeah. And I'll make it pay in what yeah. I'm doing. I was going to say it must be. You must have a successful business. They said if you've got the uh, the race car, you said you, if you're able to follow your hobby the way you, the way you have, because it's once happy again with it's what a we've done. Like uh, there's no uh, question about yeah, yeah. like from where we've come to for where we are now. It's, it's it hasn't been an easy road. I don't mind telling you that. Yeah. Um, and all these new compliance rules and everything like that. You do, and you don't get paid yep. for someone to sit in the office and do all the compliance work. So oh, cost on the business. Yeah, you've got to just make it uh, how would you put it a, a lot finer adjustment as far as looking at your cents per kilometre on every part of a vehicle I yeah, said so knowing your cost is part part and parcel of being yeah. successful isn't it yeah well, I, th- I think it's the most paramount thing if you don't know that yeah. you might as well not even be in business yeah no 100% couldn't agree more with you Michael, I'd just like to say thank you for coming in thank today. Thank you for your time too. Um, it's yeah. an absolute pleasure doing business with you, having you as a business associate and uh, having yeah. you as a friend. So yeah, thank thanks again for much. coming in. Yeah, no, it's likewise, the feeling here of this company down here, I think you've sort of got the picture in this um, <laughs> podcast. Well, um, I know you paid me quite a bit to come and do it, so I thought <laughs> I'd better put the, the right things in there. <laughs> no, t- <laughs> Cheers, Michael. Thanks right. for coming. No worries. Before we go, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Subscribing means you won't miss the next episode when it's published. Your feedback is also very welcome and you can reach out to us on Brown and Hurley Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn pages. You'll also find lots of useful information about us and the products we offer on our website, brownandhurley.com.au. Thanks again for listening to Brown and Hurley's big podcast brought to you by the big truck people. This podcast has been produced by the Brisbane Podcasting Centre.